0: This is DJ Thomas, and you're listening to Frequency Interrupted. Dr. Marianne Pinkston, how are you?
1: I am fantastic.
0: How are you? I'm good. It's nice to finally meet you virtually. Um, right. I know you have uh, quite a story, and um, you also have quite a few qualifications. So I just kind of wanted to get you on and talk about all these things.
1: Well, I appreciate it. So yeah. maybe one of these days I'll make it down to Louisiana, and you know, and not do the virtual thing. But come on. But I'm glad, exactly. But I'm glad to be on. Thank you very, very much. So, yeah, I do. I have a lot going on. Um, I am a 20 plus year family practitioner, and uh, I'm in San Antonio, Texas. And I, about 15 years ago, I got sick from rheumatoid arthritis and went to all of my peers here in San Antonio, I, what friends, I thought, and uh, some different specialists to try to see what was going on. I knew what it was, but just to get it officially diagnosed. And I was told to, at one point, go to a psychiatrist. Maybe it was all in my head or anxiety. And I'm like, you know, I have a lot of patients who are complaining about the same things I'm complaining about. So the alarms went off. I knew something was wrong. And I was alluded into integrative medicine or functional medicine. So a lot of people don't really know what that is. And it's a wonderful style of medicine. I have no idea. <laughs> yeah, exactly. So what most don't. But it's a it's a wonderful style of medicine. And what it does basically, if you take the term integrative, it integrates. So it brings contemporary medicine in with more holistic uh, type of medicine but you know a lot of people kind of get say you know it sounds kind of quack medicine to me if you're doing natural uh, you know medicine so it's not really that it's very 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 scientifically based but it's not real mainstream because it's not a part of the big you know drug industry and things like yeah. that I't go into that but um, you know what we practice when we leave medical school is a very recipe algorithm you know based Um, You see a patient for 10 minutes because the insurance industry just forces you, right, to spend this much time with a patient and they need this much time. And so you wind up just writing a quick prescription, sending them out the door. Patients are very, very... Dissatisfied, and I was too. So when I got sick, and it was my turn to be the patient, and all that happened, I uh, decided to go back and get a brand new education. So I've spent the last fifteen years now, uh, probably you know over uh, probably over. Um, a couple of thousand hours in education, certainly a couple, hundred, you know, tens of thousands of dollars in education, whatnot, just trying to get a, a new um, a new light on how to treat patients. So I do a lot of you know hormone, natural hormone therapy. I do a lot of thyroid, ton of weight loss. Uh, Part of what I did was break off from family practice a little bit and go over to and built a wellness and anti aging center here in San Antonio. And it was before you
0: get into that. That's why it's called frequency interrupted because I have to interrupt you. Okay. All right. So two (laughs) things. Two things. I think it's amazing that you brought up that doctors get into um, the habit of just prescribing based on big pharma and how they you know how they operate and it's it's super discouraging for people who are looking for another option or another you know remedy but also before you go into this we, we got to talk about the weight loss thing so oh, sure you are someone who has has went through a amazing huge transformation Um and losing quite a bit of weight and, um, staying healthy. And, and so can we talk about that a little bit before we go? To yeah, the
1: exactly. And that was kind of part of the journey in a way. So when I opened up the wellness clinic, where uh, what I was about to say is that I am, I was 300 pounds and diabetic with high blood pressure at that point and approaching 48 years old. And, you know, stress to the hill so i gained all this weight from taking a lot of steroids with rheumatoid arthritis okay. so i'm sitting in front of patients telling them to lose weight and get healthy and it's a little confusing when your doctor's like right. right so i took that on as another you know uh, side of my education about weight loss and started working with athletes and what i did though it took me about a year and two months honestly to lose 162 pounds and so, yeah, I mean, I shake my head too, because really, um, it they say about 1% of people actually take on and accomplish something of that sort. And I think yeah. a lot, it, it was very, very, um, very difficult because I had tried so many times. I, you know, I'd lose 40, gain 50, lose 70, gain 100. I mean, you know, you just go yo yo and back and forth. Yeah. So there was a time where I needed to just get it you know and maybe not my head but my heart more and it just one day i just woke up and i said this is nuts and i'm sitting in front of patients i've got to be an example for my patients i've got to be an example for my kids so knowing me when i do something i really do it so i wrapped my head all around it and i started also working out and that's when i got into the natural hormone therapy because once i got my testosterone straightened out naturally very safe Once I got that straightened out, then I was able to improve my muscle mass and start really burning calories. And the pounds were shedding. I felt like the queen of the universe. And, you know, it was, it was a wonderful transformation and it just kept going after that. So I got into bodybuilding and, or not bodybuilding, but maybe more body composition. And I went from a size 26 to a size either zero to two and, and, like, <laughs> and crazy. Like, and like. I uh I was fifty-four uh, percent body fat and got all the way down to eighteen. I kind hey, of and what-
0: what age were you when this happened? And I know that's that may be a bit. I'm not ungentlemanlike of me, but for everyone that's listening, I want the people that always use that as an excuse to hear these things. You know what I mean?
1: You better believe it. So that and that is the the deal right there. Using the excuse, and yeah. I can think of a thousand of them that people mm-hmm. throw against me. And now I'm like, block, block. No, you're. You know, I can run all over their excuses all the time now because I yeah. did it. So I was 48 when I took okay. that program. and I, I was gonna do it before 50 by God I did. I got it in through <laughs> the wire. And so i now I'm going to be 52 this summer okay. and I'm still maintained and getting better. It's just it's a it's a process of course and it just gets better and better. You never reach the end, you no. know. You, no. You never do. You always want something to be yeah. better. <laughs> so I just, I've just kept going. But yeah, I eat like a saint, and I have my moments. But I do. I eat like a saint. I exercise all the time. But you know, beforehand, my stress, the stress that I have is a very stressful position to be in, and and a lot of things have happened the last couple of years. And before I would. You know, chew on something and eat, just eat, eat, eat. And I really feel it was an eating disorder. And once I faced that and got that under control and realized what I was doing, I started to make exercise and and good eating my stress reliever.
0: Yeah.
1: Now so I flipped the psychology on that to make it my stress reliever. So now I get stressed out if I don't work out. Right? <laughs> you can. You can change. No, it. I, I agree. I'm the same way. Yeah. It really is. It's a mind. It's a whole, it's a mind thing
0: always. Well, so that being said, so you you transitioned. Um, so how long, because how long were you you in this position to even maybe before that you discovered you had this going on? It was, I, I, you know, before the stress, but the actual, you know, rheumatoid arthritis and those things. How long before that? Or had you maybe been overstressed or out of shape? Um, I, I, this, how did that happen? How long was you that? You know what?
1: I've always been, I never was in, you know, an organized sport, but I've always been an athlete of sorts. So I would run some marathons or, you know, I, I loved weights when I was in college. So I always had that in me, but it was about you know, I had my first child. She's going to be twenty next month. I'm an old woman. I really nah, am. You're nah. in the best years of your life right now. Be I hate, no, I hate. Listen, really, there's more <laughs> out there to live. Yeah, I've got, I've got another at least good ten years. Yeah, <laughs> to I'm that. kidding. I'm kidding. So, uh, but yeah, uh, before I had her, uh, that's when I started my practice, and you know, medical school, things like that were always, you know, a lot of stress. What but, age
0: were you at this point?
1: Let's see. That was, I was probably about 27. Okay.
0: So when I you've graduated. been through medical school.
1: You yeah. started start
0: into family medicine. Right. your
1: first child. Yeah. Okay. And that's about where it really hit the wall. Okay. You know what? There's something that you won't read in textbooks that I am absolutely positive of because I've seen this for 20 years that people are great, doing really well and climbing the, the you know, the chain and, and their health and whatnot until about 36, 37, 38, somewhere in there. And there's like a wall people hit. yeah, yeah. And then it's kind of downhill from there. And so that was kind of where I feel like I hit, I had, I was stressed and had kids, but I wasn't in too bad a shape until that point. But that's when... Okay. It really, really hit me. So
0: we had a good, so we are talking about uh, late 30s into into your, into your late 40s. We had a good 10-year span yeah, where was, the stress built up, right. um, you weren't paying attention to yourself, you were worried about the kids, whatever it may be. You know what I mean? But okay.
1: Yeah. So it really was. And so I was too tired to get up and get out of bed and do anything, you know, too tired to buy, you know, to, to meal prep and go home and Mm -hmm. cook I would, you know, buy food on the way home. That was horrible for us, but easy. And, you know, all those habits that people pick up and I, I didn't, what I realized then and where my, I hit my education then was that really there is a basis to feeling bad. You do feel too bad to take care of yourself. You really do that it can be changed and I know, you know, Google is all, I mean, you get geotagged just coming in my front door here. When you leave, yeah. you're going to see Facebook the rest of the night. You're going to get vitamin things and other <laughs> and you know, for the rest of the night. So yeah. you are, and, and I watched a, a program one night. I don't watch TV. I unplugged from, you know, the news and things like that. Uh, that was part of my stress. So I unplugged about four years ago. And so I actually was watching something that interested me the other night. And no kidding, there were 10 commercials. About a pill that's going to change your life and lose your weight and fix your hormones. Yes, yes. And you know yes. a weight a weight loss product, a weight loss diet of this or that ten. And I <laughs> thought, no you wonder know, what my patients are are not listening. Yes, yeah, well, you
0: know what's insane is we're one of a handful of countries that are even allowed to advertise medicine the way we do, which is insane. You know, and um, it it's not talked about enough. And I'm not knowing any of this context now. Already hearing this is getting me excited because I'm a huge advocate of beat the man. You know what I mean? When I mean the man, I mean I mean uh, a simple solution that at the end of the day is not really a solution, but uh, a huge detriment to people. Who do not take the time to do the research, or you know, they just find the they think this is the easiest way out. Like I'm my own worst critic. When if I have a headache, I'm like, okay, well, did you drink enough water today? I'm not taking. I'm not even taking ibuprofen. Like I'm going to figure out why, why the body's doing, Why? Because now, don't get me wrong. There's a lot of times where you may need some type of, and I'm I'm I don't like taking antibiotics either, but. There, there may be some time where something's going on in your body where you may need that type of treatment to go in there and sure. wash stuff out and flush okay. it. But a lot of times homeopathic, you know, remedies will resolve things. I mean, absolutely. We Supercomputer, typically we can fix ourselves if you okay. take the time instead of taking the shortcut.
1: Exactly. That is so true. So two things about that. And we've come full circle now about why I do integrative and functional medicine, yeah. because that's the basis of it, that we are not, you know, we are not. Uh, something that we need a lot of external sources of pills and things that are invented to fix underneath. you know what's going on underneath and what's making you sick is something you're not doing right, yeah. something you're exposed to, you know those are all very, very important and so scientifically based. So that's mm-hmm. my whole purpose in integrative medicine. instead of just trying to medicate something and then a couple of years later give you a medication because the side effect of that medication just <laughs> over there, you know that we really go to the why. Why do you feel so bad? And the other part of it too, and I think this is an American phenomenon because I don't find this in some of you know patients that may have more of a worldly view or whatnot. But Americans have this idea that there's one problem and one solution. Yes. Either get me a shot, give me a pill, it's fixed, I'm done. I'm, yeah. next day I wake up and I'm normal. Well, that's a, that's true. We're spoiled. We're we spoiled are. because yeah. I mean, and, and it's not and. And here's the thing, like I can
0: talk shit and be a hard ass all day long, but we have grown up this way. Like yeah, we were right. introduced to where there's a problem, here's an easy resolution. Exactly. And we haven't had the 20 years to do the actual research right. to see how that solution that short term affects us in the long term.
1: Absolutely. And that's it's crazy because we we are raised in an instant gratification society. I mean, I order something on, on on Amazon now and, you know, tomorrow it shows up on my doorstep. Yeah. And so we just, and we call at three o'clock in the morning. We talk to Jake at State Farm and, you know, that is what <laughs> we do it, right? So you do, you get somebody at three yeah. o'clock in the morning and who that poor soul is, I have no idea. But it's, it's something that we have got to back away from and realize that, Hey, it's hard work to feel good. It's hard work to look good. It's hard work to, you know, be healthy in your mind and in your soul. You've got to work at religion. You've got to work at, you know, whatever it is you do, you've got to work at that. And it's not something that's just going to be handed to you ever, ever in one pill, one shot, or, you know, one diet or it's not. I completely
0: agree. And, um, a lot of times I feel like that, um, when I have these conversations, that it may be cliche because there's not a before and after with you right now having a conversation. There's a before and after. Right after we launch this, I'll show those people that, and we'll talk about it. But one thing that I want to like, there's so many people out there that give themselves excuses. I was um, having a conversation with someone the other day, and they were like, hey, man, you're in shape, which I've been doing this a long time. I mean, I yeah. wasn't in shape forever. I started doing this in my early 20s, you know, and I, I religiously work out and eat healthy. But um, I attribute that a lot to the mixed martial arts and figuring out how to cut weight and the, the helping right. bodybuilding and all that. But um, I had this person, they said – and this is someone who's in his early 50s. He said, "Hey man, you know, I used to I used to train people and I hadn't worked out in a couple of years and I drink I, l- I like to drink Miller Lite and hang out, you know, but I still I'm looking for that motivation to get back in the gym. Do you have any advice?" And I said, "The only thing I no, he said, "Do you have any secrets or anything yeah. that, you know, spark a motivation?" I said, yeah. Unless you want to do it, you're not going to.
1: Okay. <laughs> Nothing I said helped. No.
0: Yeah, he said, "Well, damn, yeah. I thought you were going to tell me some kind of secret." I said, "No, that, that's the that's the answer. You have to want to do it." Now, where you find that motivation differs in every single person. Absolutely. So, uh, me saying that brings me back to I want to talk a little bit about the journey for this weight loss, and you know, that's a quite that's a quite a bit of weight. That's a lot of weight, you know. And not only that, I mean, and and I don't want to, you know. It's just something that's amazing to me. Like, how did that process start? What was your mindset throughout that? Gotcha. And um, your motivation, what kept you going? Because I really want to hit on these things because so many people out there may just want to lose 10 or 20 pounds. So many people, some people may want to lose 200. You know what I mean? There's okay. there's people out there that are shorting their lifespan by 20 or okay. 30 years because they are unhealthy. They exactly. you know like... Obesity is not a joke, and we're the number one country for it.
1: Absolutely. And if you show up in San Antonio sometime and you sit around and watch the people here, nothing gets my love this city. But I tell you what, I we were truly nominated one of the fattest cities in the world. I'm in, I'm
0: in Louisiana. I think we got you beaten.
1: Yeah, maybe we <laughs> Well, the southern, you know, yes. the southern yes. thing. But you know, I the uh, the obesity and there are various ways, you know, depending on how much you've got to lose. Once you get into, I guess, over, you know, 150 pounds where you got to lose weight, you've got to look at your tools because I, as a physician, as somebody who was very well-trained, you know, tried everything and I I had my excuses and I had my walls and Whoa, whatnot. Hold on. Can I stop
0: you and, about that real quick. Absolutely. What were your excuses, please? Can you, can
1: you Oh gosh, I'm too tired. Okay. You know, I'm too I'm too stressed and too tired. You know, I mean I'm 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 up at the crack of dawn and in the office I gotta get kids to school. Yeah. You know, and then I'm coming home cooking and you know after seeing a whole busy day and okay. and you know trying to take care of an elderly parent and uh, but two elderly parents and my exes and mine. And, and so, you know, I've got all the same excuses that everybody else does. Yeah. And I'm like, a bit, if not busier, cause I had like a radio show on top yeah. of that and and all these different things. So, um, you know, I had those excuses. My other excuses were to the, the RA. So having yeah. rheumatoid arthritis, I was like, I'm just, you know, my bones hurt too bad. I hurt. Maybe exercise is going to hurt me and, and all, and, there were two, two different people who told me two different things that kicked my rear and made me open my eyes. One of them was uh, a lady up in uh, Colorado. She's an IFBB pro. Her name is, um, uh, I'm going to forget her name. My God, she's like the light of my life, Sandy. So Sandy up in Colorado, uh, you know, had been, she was with me for three years before I even lost a pound. And that's what she does for a living. She stayed with me and she brought out the eating disorder. I had to face that first too. So once she told me, she said, Mary, you're talking about, you know, losing over a hundred pounds, like you're going to do it in six months. Like you know, just once you get going, then it's just going to come off. You're going to be fine. She goes, it's going to take you two years. Yeah. And that, I just, I sat on that and thought, holy ca- wait a minute, two years. But she's like, if you wait another year to start, that means it's going to be three or four. Yeah. How long do you want to put this off? And that's one thing that really hit me about how much work I had to do,
0: really. Let me ask you this real quick, and then we can continue on with that, because I'm interested to see where this is going. So do you think that that period of time when your kids were younger May have taken so much attention away from you that you didn't realize the time span that you had invested in and that you had lost.
1: That's a, that's You see what good. I'm saying? And then now, yeah, about good. a
0: year, you're like, "But things have slowed down a little bit. Maybe your 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 attention is back on you a little bit because your kids may be a little bit older."
1: You know, there's some truth to that, but you know what? I started this about, um, you know, about four or five years ago. I started the process, and my son was ten. Okay, well, then so he then was never mind. still doing yeah, sports okay. and and yeah. all, and so yeah. I mean, yeah. no, we were still in the in the depths. Okay, it was really more about you know knowing that I needed to for my health because right now our children are going to have a shorter lifespan than us. Yeah.
0: Uh, look. <laughs> I love yes. that you said that. I love that you said that because That's it's cute. really interesting because I tell people all the time and they're like, um, I'm, thir- I'm I'm 40 years old. Yeah. I'm like, look, if you do everything right, you're going to live to 100. Yeah. 40% so at of your life, you still have 60% got- left. You know what exactly. I mean? But I agree because the decisions we're making now versus what we're making, you know. 10 years ago. I don't know. It's, it's, it's a very interesting, but go ahead. I want you to elaborate on that, please.
1: A, you know, there is, there, there's so much that has changed over the last 20 years about yeah. our environment and on our foods and, and everything. But, you know, kids are pre-diabetic at nine or 10 years old now.
0: Yeah. Oh my God. It's, it's insane. It's
1: crazy. What, but here's uh, the thing. It's
0: like, what? I don't even know. Like, what do we say? What's our advice to people? Like, why are we letting is it because we don't want to deal with these responsibilities? We just say here, grab a bag of Cheetos and watch TV, right? Exactly. Yeah. You no, know, like what? Why is this happening? Because I feel like we were on a good little track there, and then it's kind of reversed,
1: right? And and I think a lot of it is kind of well, kind of a, a piecemeal of things. It's a lot of different things. If you look back to where people and and society seem to go off track. It seems to be where the beef industry got hit and the sugar and salt industry, you know, where they said fat is bad, beef is bad, and then everything was uh, carbohydrate and, and you know, salt to flavor foods. Yeah. And you got and we started putting things in instant packages. Well, then we're talking our, about
0: I mean that's we're talking about the eighties. We're talking about the Exactly. 80s
1: 90s. Exactly. And that's where it started to go off track. And that's where I grew up
0: in. And I grew up right. with a single mom and a lot yeah. of times we were eating Totinos pizza. <laughs> Take dinners and hamburger Do you know
1: <laughs> how many cans of spaghettios Robbie oh are opened yeah, as a yeah. kid? Right. So and that's really I think where a lot of it started. Then you look at the nineties. That is about 1996, not the pointy fingers, but about 1996 is when the pesticide industry started, where Monsanto started to use Roundup and whatnot. That's when we started to uh, grain feed, uh, corn feed our animals instead of grass feed, and a lot of pesticides started in. And so there's a lot that happened in there. Then we got into the busy, busy, you know, I've got to work on my phone, drive, and, you know, talk to my bank, you know, in in the car and multitasking and the stress and the ante is going up. And now children have to deal with so much stress with social media. That's one
0: thing I will give that is that um, the k- kids have access to so much information compared to what we did, you know, what you may have had and what I may have had is, um, you know, I, they literally can access 300% more information than I was able to at five years old.
1: Right.
0: And it's coming at you, like, so fast, you know? It creates stress. Yeah, it creates stress at a young age. But also, the only... Here's one thing that, look, at the end of the day, I always blame the parents, Mm -hmm. no matter what. Because if the parents are showing stress to this type of input or output, then the children are going to do the same thing. So whenever someone's like... Oh, you know, those damn millennials. I'm like, blame their parents. Yeah, you know, blame their G- parents. Gen X, blame their parents. You know, whatever. Exactly. Or, or well, anybody, because... Whatever, blame their parents.
1: Everybody gets a trophy now, and everybody has oh my to my only only level, some. and we <laughs> treat people unfairly. There's no winners, no losers, and, you know, yeah. and we just basically are afraid to kid to tell our kids no. We yeah. have to put them in time out. We can't spank anymore. I mean, there's just so many right. things about raising our children now that's so different, you know i i got i got you know smacked in the rear and and yelled out good well,
0: how many how many kids do you have i have three okay three and what what are their ages and genders
1: so uh the youngest is a boy and he's okay. now 15 and the okay. boy is is taller than me by like like a lot he's incredible <laughs> Oh my God. Uh, My middle one is a girl. She's going to be a senior next year. She's 17. My oldest uh, was born six months before 9-11. She is going to be 20 next month. Uh, Big in the music industry, doing a lot of great stuff. I've got three fantastic children, but they all have dealt with some weight problems and things like that too. And yeah. so it's they're part of the scenery. Well, what's like,
0: your so? Well, I'm glad you shared that too. So, what's your stance on um, genetic disposition on obesity and also some people using that as a crutch?
1: Right. It's very much used as a crutch because we have seen that there actually is not as much of a genetic predisposition as we thought. So there are. If you look back in you know the thirties, forties, fifties, sixties, seventies, we did not have an obesity problem. Where did all of us get those genes? You know, there were very very few. We got our genes from the people who were thin and yep. weight. So I don't really think that, uh, and, and the, the science, I can get you some numbers and, and all, but, you know, the science does not show. So I do not let people use it. You know, my my family are all big. You right. can be big and still be thin. Well, and, I love that you're
0: through. saying this because you've been there. You know what yeah. I mean? And, um, yeah. I, and I love that you also have thick skin. We can talk about this because you're transparent about it. You know, oh, like it, you've been through these things and, and to be able, to, that is, that is the, it's so concrete because you can say, Look at this, and look at this. Here I am right now. I'm telling you, that's not a excuse. Shut up and let's work. Absolutely. You know
1: I mean? And that's why I blow through people's excuses all the time because I'll <laughs> just the third eye. I'm like, Uh uh-uh, uh, that's not, I don't want to hear it because you have got to, you know, you've got to change your life or else you're going to die. And this is, and I don't say it like that, but i right. and you know what really kills me is how many people. I don't think really are ready. Maybe it's not that they don't want to do it, but they're not wired and they're not ready to do it. And so many people will thwart my efforts to try to help them do. Yeah, it. and here's the thing: uh, I've
0: I've ran into that with a lot of people because I'll have people nonchalantly ask me advice, yeah. and I give it to them, and then they try to to come up with a reasoning why. They're doing something like yes. I'm eating carbs because of this. Oh, right. enough salt. That too much. Uh, oh, I need salt because I'm bigger. Oh, uh-huh. I don't need that much water. What?
1: And I'm just like whatever it man. is. Absolutely. I yeah <laughs> yeah.
0: yeah. And it's something that's so it. frustrating yeah. because someone's always going to come up at the end of the day. Just back to like what I was saying earlier. Like if I you're not ready it. to do it, you're not going to do it. Not but, yeah. God, I feel like that. Um, like we have to figure out how to get these people ticking. You know what right, I mean? Like, everyone's right. different. Well, but they also right. have, they, they have this whole, they have this whole subconscious like, and I know a lot of it's like closet eating. Like, they, they may eat healthy in front oh, of people.
1: Oh, yeah.
0: But when, when there's one. no accountability, yeah, then they may have a bag of, uh, you know, Doritos or some, you know, honey buns or what, you know? Right. That, and I'm just like, I've ran into that a lot too. And I, I yeah. I'm just like, man, look, it's if I could, all the people around me, you know, the network of people I have, if I could literally shadow them yeah. <laughs> 24-7 and just be the person to be like, don't, don't you do, don't, don't.
1: Right, me. right. You, you, know? You,
0: get oh. right? Know you know, I know it's for their better, you know, their betterment, but gosh, it's, it's insane.
1: It is insane, and you know, I here's here's part of when I say eating disorder, it was very very legitimate. So I had binge eating disorder, and it was my way of dealing with stress. So I wouldn't eat in front of people, and people would often say, "Doctor Benson, I don't know why you're so big. I never see you eat." Right. So my kids would go to bed. Everybody go to bed. I'm up watching TV because I'm too stressed to lay down and sleep. And what do I do? I either go to the back of the pantry where I hid stuff, or I pull a box out from under my bed, Mm -hmm. loaded with. My personal stash of stuff. There were times where I legit could down three thousand calories in a night. Mm. It can be done. You think that sodas two hundred forty, you know, calories? So sodas and boom, right? So yeah, and it happened. And so I really had to face my. I mean, it was a carbohydrate addiction. It was. You know, the brain wired to eat because of stress and then your stress just gives you the big belly fat and you just gain more and just, yeah. you know, it just goes downhill from Can there. Can we
0: talk about that a minute? Um, like the inflammation on, on what, like, so what stress does to the body? Absolutely. The, the, the fact of just making it inflame. Right. Before even in taking any calories.
1: Right. Absolutely. Because what you are doing in in your stress in your life changes the way your body handles calories anyway. So when you are eating, you know, well, let's let's just go back to the stress, because really, I feel like that's kind of it's like which came first, the chicken or the egg. I really do think we can blame cortisol. So stress hormone. Yeah. And when you are pumping stress hormone, and it varies throughout the day, it's higher at one part, lower at one part. But when you are really getting off of your normal curve, your body is trying to figure out how to compensate and correct that. But you wind up having, you know, uh, vitamin deficiencies, hormone deficiencies, because, you know, your brain is inflamed, your organs are inflamed. That's where, you know, fatty liver comes from, and you got the belly fat. So if you see people with the, the large round tummy, and they're, Kind of small and the arms or whatnot, and they say I've done everything possible and I just can't lose weight. Most of the time, it's really underlying stress hormone, yeah. and the and the and what it does too is it affects the pancreas where we over you know our cells. Oh wait, so let me back up too because when you eat you know, a meal and it goes into the system and goes into the sugar, goes into the bloodstream. Sugar is supposed to go to your muscle cells or or your organ cells and, you know, feed those cells. Well, insulin is produced because it's like a key that unlocks the door and allows the sugar to go inside. So when you get that pre-diabetes or diabetes, it's inflammation. What happens is the cells due to inflammation change the locks. Yeah. so the insulin no longer works so your pancreas is inflamed now and it puts out more and more and more and more insulin like an army to just go bash down the door right and it just goes from there and it just keeps getting worse and worse and worse so that it is it's underlying inflammation and cortisol can be an absolute basis of every uh, all of that completely there's so many diseases I could name that are you know underlying with cortisol at the helm
0: crazy yeah I mean it, it's something that you, I feel like it's not nonchalantly mentioned and, and a lot of times it's like, you can Google these things, right? Here's look, this is what frustrates me the most is like, all the answers are at your fingertips, right? And we are now the most unhealthiest that we've ever been. Right.
1: Exactly, and you have access to all the information right here, yeah, like right there. What the hell know, is the problem? But it's it's that, the that fact. It's kind of, just me too, because what happens is with doctors, most contemporary. This is why I went to the functional medicine side is because most contemporary doctors don't recognize cortisol issues at all, and certainly don't know how to treat them.
0: It, it, that's a very interesting look, and I love that you brought that up because I've had a few physicians on the the, the podcast, but never won so much that has been on both sides of the fence. And also, you know, that I'm so excited that you transitioned, um, not to play favorites or anything, but um, like, it's very interesting because these people, like, I don't think that MDs have enough study in nutrition. They just don't. I just do not. And I don't agree with that. But it's big pharma. It's just, and, and here's the it thing, is, I'm not trying to play a political role here at all, but all I'm saying is, I remember growing up, you go to the doctor, you get a prescription, you get medicine, you go home a few days. Right. right. That's what we were all used to. Right. But we realized over 20 years, 30 years, that that is not always the best solution.
1: Right. There's way more to the story. And that's where I tra- So I, I went to, you know, conventional medical school and got my conventional MD. And 10 years in, I'm like, wait a minute. I'm, everybody's really sick and getting sicker. I'm sick and getting sicker. None of us are getting better with what I'm sure. doing. What is wrong? And that's where I turned around and basically went back to school because it was, there was a lot more to learn. You are so right. We do not get it in medical school. And everything I've attained to this point and learned has all been 10 years after I. Graduated. I'm still paying off my loans. By the way, <laughs> cortisol, cortisol. Yeah. And ten years after my my lo- ten years after after you know graduating, I'm still learning. And even you know, 21 years and now, or 25 years and now, I'm still learning. Every day is something new. And we are getting farther and farther and farther into the cells of our body, into the biochemistry and makeup. And we are learning more and more and more you know contemporary medicine just stopped at one point and then we rely on big pharma to teach us anything we need to know about biochemistry and they're so missing the point big time you
0: just brought that up because i want to talk about stem cell a little bit because okay. I, I heard or saw a little bit that you may be a little burst in that so can we talk i about am
1: that? so yeah i'm certified in stem okay. cell okay
0: so how does that um work into what you do and also what is your knowledge on that and mean, what, well, what do you have? And when I say that, I mean, I don't want to go down a, a hard right no. road here, but just more broad perspective.
1: Exactly. I swallowed something wrong, of course. <laughs> it's all good. Right in the middle of everything. I'm so sorry. Just okay. So, so yeah, I got certified. There's two things to think about with kind of functional medicine that takes you into a little bit of a farther bubble. You know, if you're going to go far, this is a lot farther. Yeah. So peptides and stem cell are two things that have been in Europe and overseas and more than that forever. And we are really in the United States. We are about probably... 20 years behind the mark yeah just a little yeah. 20 years behind the mark and a lot of it is because we slow things down to get through the FDA and studies and all that and a lot of that's already been done overseas but there's also a huge fight that stem cell peptides and things like this is starting to win functional medicine starting to pick up some speed and do some good but that eats into the profits
0: right yeah that's what I was going to get to that I, religion and, and the thing and in fact of the matter is at the end of the day is we we grow organically yeah. Yeah. you know physiologically we just grow yeah. things happen we, there's, there's, we evolve
1: Absolutely. So with with stem cell, you know, uh, stem cell can be harvested in several different places in the body. But basically, when you are just beginning, you're a a one cell, two cell, you know, uh, in your one cell, two cell mode down there, you are full of stem cells that can either go off and become an eyeball or can go off and become a toenail or whatever. The body tells it where to go and what to become. But all cells at its base are exactly the same and programmable at that point. So when you have disease and your body, you know, all a lot of disease, I feel like is really just inflammation gone awry. So once you, and, and so you can have rheumatoid arthritis, you can have fibromyalgia, you can have multiple sclerosis, you can have heart disease. It's all, you know, it's either in your heart or your brain or your joints, but it all comes from you know, cellular inflammation and it starts at the same place. It just, your body decides sometimes which way it's going to go. Maybe it's genetics, maybe it's not, who knows, but you know, when you go back to the basis, stem cell has the opportunity when injected uh, somewhere in the body to create, recreate kind of a new, fresh, uh, view for the body and recreate, uh, you know, maybe a, a cartilage-like material, or uh, you know, um, you know, fix the cornea of the eye, or to regenerate liver, or you know, there's all sorts of things that can be done, and it's a beautiful thing, and we're born with it, so it's safe and it's not made from aborted babies. I promise, it's right? No, yeah. <laughs> yeah. Well, Everybody says that,
0: <laughs> right? I mean, the thing is, is like people are picking manufactured medicine that has no, you know, collision to the actual human body over something that comes from the actual body.
1: Right, exactly.
0: Which is insane, but we've been programmed. Right, we have. That modern medicine is the evaluation, is is the solution, Mm -hmm. is the end-all be-all, this is what we need to use. And I think we're just going to have to battle this for the next, you know, the next decade. Yeah. I think that this is something that, it's huge, and it's it's really working in any any cases I've seen, and I'm not of your level or expertise, but just looking at things and, and researching this this stuff is like, it works. Yeah, it does. We're not creating it in a lab. No. Kind no. of, but not really, because we're still pulling it from our DNA.
1: Exactly. You know,
0: it's, it's, exactly. It's, it's crazy to me that there's so much opposition, but at the end of the day, it's it comes down to one of those things where... Exercise. It's not ready for it yet, apparently because it wasn't given the go with the green, you know.
1: Right, right, exactly. So I think, you know, the, the, a lot about functional medicine and, you know, some of the things that we do has so much basis in Europe and we do have tons of studies. But when it gets here, you know, it really has to be evaluated and it's evaluated very differently. It has to go through a process and that process slows things down. You know, money and profit slows things down, politics slows things down, whatever it is, you know, so much. And, and we, we are just now, we are still in a society of instant gratification. And so we don't have the time and patience to understand the studies behind things and that, you know, this could help just give it a month or two. You know, I did stem cell injections for a shoulder and knee joints. I, I opened up a clinic up in Dallas and I did it for about six months And I had so many patients, I don't even know how many at this point, that 100% of them were able to go back to sports and, you know, lose weight. And they were get. I had men getting off of canes. I had people, you know.
0: We're talking about about a fraction of what they could do legally if we were somewhere else.
1: Exactly, right. rehabilitation
0: would have been quite a lot quicker. And right. not be restricted by what, we're, you know, the regulations we're facing.
1: Absolutely. Absolutely. And it was so sad because at the end of the day, when I had gotten approval from insurances to pay for it, because they were just starting to approve it, they revoked it. And I wound up having to pay for all the stem cell myself that I injected because I wasn't going to bill the patient after I told them, you know, that it was covered by their insurance. So I ate it. And I, that's when I closed my clinic because there's no way you can survive that. It was so yeah. much money, you know, it was so awful. And but that's our that's the mentality here. And and um, you know, we're fighting it. I think COVID slowed things down just a bit because integrative medicine was taking off. Mark Hyman, who is a big, you know, one of the integrative fathers, uh, doctor here in the States actually said, uh, I watched him speak once about a year or two ago, and he said that, you know, when I first started integrative medicine, I would speak to a room of like 30 people. Now I'm speaking to a room of 10,000. So it's growing. But this last year, We all got hit really, really hard uh, because everybody was so opposed to either COVID and how it was being handled or vaccines or whatnot. The integrative kind of side came out the wrong way, and we got a big pushback from the the government. We've
0: we've seen this thing in history. Stuff happens. Stuff happens. Stuff comes out of nowhere, and we have to deal with it. Sometimes it takes a while for the body to build resilience to it. Sometimes we find a solution. It just is what it is. It's it not is like I, it, it was. It's a huge problem. We were all affected, like affected. I mean, I was affected financially in my business. I'm sure you were too. Absolutely. So we lost a lot of lives. A lot of things happened. Um, yep. but uh, what's not talked about is a lot of people that passed away were people that were obese, right? People that had underlying health conditions, inflammation. So, okay, so what what led to those things? You know, and um, it's just something that people are afraid to talk about because they're. You know, they may be afraid of how someone's going to view that. But at the end of the day, I'm just going to call it like I see it. You know, I'm not yep. a professional. You're Absolutely. way more of one than I am. But, you know, the thing is, it's like we we got to do better. That's, I mean, that's it. That's, you know, we just got to do better.
1: And you know what, it doesn't matter what we're degreed in, what we're not, what we've learned, what we want. I mean, you know that, I know that. Everybody that thinks they don't know that knows that. We do. We all know that. And we all have access to be able you know, to accomplish it in many different ways. And that's the deal about, about you know weight loss and getting your health back on track and things like that, is that there's so many different ways to do it. You've got to form your tool bag and you've got to use different tools at different times. And it never stops. I keep pulling tools out. It's been a couple of years now. I'm still using my different tools to try to keep it off and eat right and do right. It never stops. Well,
0: what's your um when you mention that, so in your tool box, what's your um like what do you go by? What's your diet? What do you live by? Like what is your daily intake?
1: So, I, at
0: this point. Now, okay, okay, hold on, hold on. Can you tell me your daily intake before? Including the 3,000 calories, maybe after someone went to sleep. Well, you know I mean? he, he Tell can me imagine.
1: That. Yeah. You can imagine what that was. It was well, I just, I mean, terrible. give me an example because
0: here's the thing like, I want to, people to hear this. Yeah. And then hear the adverts and then, you know, compare and be like, you can do it. She did it. Everyone can do exactly. it.
1: Well, you know, I, I will tell you, I at one point I did in a in a sense, divorce food. I mean, you know, the sweets. So Oreos, sodas, um, you know, and I tried to switch from regular soda over to diet soda. And I did Splenda for a long time and I got melanoma. Yeah. So
0: had- you just That's gotta cut it all done. out
1: just got to stop because yes. it does the same thing. Yes. As so I just had to face it. Hey, I just can't do that anymore and I never could. I don't know why I thought I could and get away with it. Maybe I was younger, better hormones, better nutrition. I don't know, but it just can't happen anymore. So I just made up my mind that I'm more important. I really am. My health is way more important and I don't like the way I look. I don't like the way I feel. I'm not living my life Mm -hmm. and I've got other people who are watching me. I've got a a clinic. I've seen over 40,000 people in San I've got, was on, on, you know, TV, radio, whatever. And, and, people are watching I, I can't do that I've got my children watching so it was just a matter of getting my act together and just saying you know I've got to finish it so I flipped over really and I, I tried to do things differently I did I did some tricks and, and things I you know I tried diet pills I tried different things and and there's a much larger sub, subject that we could talk about about all the things that I tried and did but ultimately what I do now is is basically kind of a, a 40 40 20 so I'll give it all all to you right here. It's very simple. So 40% protein, because everybody wants to do keto, right? And yeah, keto, yeah. Is a, but keto is high fat, lower protein, and no carb. And that your body does not function on that. People lose more muscle mass doing it. That's why they drop 20 pounds all of a sudden because yep. they lost all the muscles. And then, so then
0: as so soon as they-, they try to start and taking carbs again, they gained it right
1: back. Yeah, and it's that water and that fat just comes yep. right back on. And then your metabolism slower because you lost all that muscle. So yep. What I do is a 40% protein, 40% fat, 20% carb. And my carbs, I do primarily early in the day because I work out early in the day. And I that's where my burst of energy is needed when I'm thinking on my feet up here. As the day comes to a close, I tend to drop off my carbs because I'm going home and, you know, and and slowing down a little bit. I don't need them as much. So I just stay about in the in the you know the 50-50 zone with with uh unless it's vegetables. Vegetables are free. So I also with my carbs, I stay along the glycemic index. So that you know how carbohydrate is a carb so a hundred is completely carb zero is cardboard. So I stay at about 50 or 55 and I tell my patients about 60 or so but that gets rid of things like peas, corn carrots, potatoes and and I do eat sweet potatoes but that's about as carbohydrate as I get. And so I, I will do that up until uh, you know the late afternoon I'll drop those things and I actually stop eating around seven o'clock at night but I have kind of a normal work schedule so I I don't, you know, I can, I can afford to do that. I just drink fluids, whatever I need to do. And if I get hungry, I'll eat something. Cause I'm not going to starve, but, but you know, cause my body's asking for something. So I'll do it, but I don't, you know, in the carbohydrate zone, I leave out all the nasty stuff. Yeah. I um, So I, I tend to drop off, like I say, about seven o'clock and not eat. And, and that to me, until I go the next morning, I do fasted workouts, but I go the next morning because I'm not yet trying to build muscle as much as kind of trim down some fat still. So I go the next morning, I work out. And then after that, I start my day and I eat like that. That's a, I mean, I'm probably left out a few things. I don't eat a lot of snacks or whatnot. I don't like to really lessen calories so much because I believe you got to eat to lose weight. You've got to build muscle. It's all about your muscle.
0: Yeah. So, that's well, so what do you, in. what time of the day do you start eating?
1: I probably get in about, um, I'll, I'll finish my workout, go from six to about seven thirty. Uh, I got to drive home. So about seven eight o'clock, I get uh, my egg and oatmeal. every Okay. Down.
0: So you're doing a fasted workout and then you start right. consuming calories the rest of the day. Right. Okay. Right. Until, so uh, basically a 12 hour went- fasted workout, 12 hour right. window of consumption. How many right. meals in that 12 hours?
1: So I do I do breakfast, lunch, and dinner for sure. I will I will put in a snack when when I need to. I'm okay. So if I feel like I'm running, if I've been working out a lot or whatnot, I, I'll get hungry. So I'll put in snacks because I wanna I wanna still grow my muscle. So well, I'll take
0: snacks. I won't that's, starve. that's another interesting uh, topic, is because um a lot of people they're not body aware. You know, they they get here's the thing that is not talking about enough too. We think that it's 12 o'clock. you got to eat lunch. Right. Well, okay. if your body doesn't need food, you don't have to, you don't, just because it's 12 to 1 PM or 11 to 12 PM doesn't mean you have to consume calories. Exactly. If you're body aware, you know, if you need to eat or not, you know, and it's based on when are you working out? When are you doing it? Okay. Maybe you don't work out. So when are you most active? When are you most burning calories? Exactly. So those things aren't talked about enough because people are like, okay, you got to eat breakfast, lunch, and dinner because we were programmed that way for the past decade. You know exactly
1: exactly so eat three meals and eat you know three snacks and and so no i don't really do it that way and i've also learned how much to eat and i don't i don't overdo it and get full and there are reasons behind that but you know i don't overdo it and i don't get too full because that way i know i'll get back into the huge amount of calories that and go over what i should yeah. and, and people really try to calorie you know do reduction of calories to lose weight you know the old hcg diet and all that i really think the basis of that is same like keto and the same using something like fentramine is that you really you know lower your calories too far and you start using muscle as your fuel not fat so you lose your muscle and you lose weight really quickly but then it stops at one point nobody can eat well, like that, that happens that.
0: a lot like we said earlier with keto like yeah, you know, I you're eating it. your own muscles, so your your muscle weighs more than fat. Everyone says that. I'm like, oh no, yeah, yeah, it really does. Yeah, you know what? I've got something I want
1: to show you. Let me okay. show you this. Okay. Well, so you've seen it. I know you have. <laughs> and I'll show you, but I know you've seen it. But I got one of these things because this. Really, oh yeah, yeah, like, yeah. You uh, like, this? But anyone that's watched has, just,
0: may have not seen this.
1: Right. So How that much? is five pounds of fat. Five. five pounds. Five pounds of fat. I lost thirty-seven of these. Ooh. Mm. And that is scary because that, and this weighs, I mean, it weighs five pounds, right? 37 times five. Right. And so, yeah. Yeah. and so there, cause you know, and there's some gain and loss and whatnot yeah. and that you know, it went back and forth, but what, it, uh, uh, five pounds of muscle is about the size of a, you know, decent steak. And so it depends on you know on how yeah, on how it, thick it is and things like that, but it's just a pretty good you know slab of steak. Mm-hmm. So you see the difference between those two. And patients will come in and say, "Oh, I'm losing inches," but oh my god, the scale weighs like three pounds more, and I just you know and yeah. they just come and stop you know stop dining altogether, and I'm like, oh my god, really? Yeah. But you've got to put that muscle on. That's the most important thing.
0: Well, um, while we're talking about it, you, you mentioned this earlier, and um, I've been in personal training for man, it's probably been twelve years now. I've helped I help a select you know group of people. Typically, whenever they're referred to me, I don't mm-hmm. like go out and work out with people at you know at gyms and stuff. But I have had clients in the past. We're talking about thyroid. That's a yeah. really that's a really big that's so that's a really big thing that some people mm-hmm. t- tend to
1: lean on. Yeah, Um, Can you elaborate on that a little bit? I sure can. So, and thyroid is done very, very incorrectly by contemporary medicine. When I learned this, I was like, oh my God, I've been doing it so wrong all these years. So you're, you know, and everybody blames thyroid and thyroid is important. There's no doubt. So your body, in order to have energy, work right, lose weight, all those things, you're like a horse drawn carriage so you're sitting in the carriage that's your body and you've got to have basically to make it easy four horses out in front if you only have one horse it can't pull the carriage the same way so those four horses to me are kind of your nutritional factors and inflammation and whatnot the next one's cortisol the next one's thyroid and then there's like testosterone and and natural hormones and whatnot so each one affects the other and you've got to have all four of them you know, working. You've got to concentrate on them a little bit differently. And that's why there's not like one shot, one pill. And so with thyroid, your thyroid is produced by your thyroid glands. It it's up here in your throat and it produces thyroid hormone, T4. So, when T4 goes out into your bloodstream, it has no function whatsoever. It does nothing. When your thyroid stops working and you're not producing it, then the doctor will give you like Synthroid, levothyroxine and some of like that. And they can replace T4. But what does it do? It goes into the body. It does absolutely nothing. So, it goes through the liver and it gets converted or activated, however you want to look at it, into T3, free T3. So free T3 is the active ingredient. That's what goes, makes your hair grow and you lose weight, and you have energy and you know all those things that thyroid does. So when doctors check labs, what mostly they do is they'll check a TSH, which I, I didn't even mention. I don't even pay attention to anymore much, uh, but they check a T4 and nobody checks a free T3. And so if you're not converting well, then you're not, you know, your T4 may be fine, but if you're not converting, you're still hypothyroid. So why don't you convert? Why don't you go from T4 to T3? Well, guess what? Cortisol. Yep. So it's too high, too low. When it's high, it's cortisol. So there you go. There's another evil that cortisol. So, you know, you have to work on cortisol. Yes, for many, many different reasons. One big one happens to be your thyroid. So I use a lot of more natural thyroid replacement, like NP thyroid, the T4, T3 combination. There's a reason you put a little bit of T4 in it. And I use those combinations, but I also work on your nutritional factors, and your cortisol and things like that. Hopefully you can just start converting again. But that has, you know, that plays a, a super super roll. and it's one of the bigger horses out there but it's not the only one either
0: yeah i mean i think it's very interesting i'm glad that we elaborate on that a little bit because i think that typically there's all it, if some point in time something is off a little bit it's because two or three things may be out of line right and so when you figure out what's out of line and you make those adjustments naturally the body is going to recompensate and do what it's supposed to do
1: Right. And but, it may take a couple of weeks, it yeah, may
0: take a while. Yeah. yeah. But uh, we we if we if you would take if you be patient, figure yeah. out the right solution, don't run okay. to the you know, instant gratification solution and find the right thing to adjust everything else. I mean right. it, it typically works, you know. Exactly. If there's a, a, a cellular issue, then that's different. But a lot of times People aren't patient enough to figure out the actual resolution. Right. Or at the end of the day, they're just too fucking lazy. I'm
1: sorry. (laughs) It's true. You know, it's true. It's true. But you know what? It goes back again. And lazy is true. It's a lazy mindset. But, you know, when I was really knee deep in obesity, I really, you know, I used to be an athlete. I used to love to work out. But I tell you what, I'd rather have a white hot you know, poker in my eyeball, then get up and go work out in the morning. Yeah. I felt terrible. Right. And so and I had to fix those things, right. and I fixed exactly. every one of them, you know, not just one thing. Yeah, oh, I'm glad you brought that up, too, because
0: a lot of times, hell, I don't even want to get up sometimes. This morning, I knew that we, we had a full day, and I had this podcast this evening, so I knew I wasn't going to have time to work out. So I got my ass up at 5 o'clock this morning and worked out. That's right. I exactly. Gonna to go. <laughs> but – Maybe that's not the solution. Maybe it's just not eating like shit today. You know, maybe right. instead of eating that Eggman yep. muffin on the way to work, Right. you just, you know, either fast or have a protein shake. You know what I mean? Like, that it doesn't have to be the, a lot of people, they literally scare themselves to even trying because they're like, oh, I think I, all I got to do is have chicken breasts and green beans. Right. And I, and I have work workout every day. And so right. I can't do that. So I don't qualify.
1: Right. Right. And that's right. It is a total mindset. Sometimes you just got to take your time to Some people will just change it all at once. And that fails a lot because our body may not be ready for that. You know, we, it may not be ready for all chicken. That's why I'm hardcore
0: against diet. And I'm more about lifestyle. Right. I talk about that a lot. And uh, I'm sure you agree with that too. There's not a solution. And here's the thing. If you change everything and you go detrimentally to eating fast food every day, Right. Potato chips, Cokes, and yeah. you go know, to eating chicken breasts and vegetables, rice, and water. Yeah. After yeah. three weeks, you're burnt out. Right. Not back. But if you just yeah. right. into it by just taking things out, let's take out the soft drink. Right. You know, let's maybe let's try crystal lighter. Let's figure something out.
1: Exactly. So let's
0: take things out slowly. It's a slow transition because, it's like if, if you're patient and make the right solutions, you're not going to jump into something in two weeks, quit, and then right. another year right. and then try
1: again. Exactly. So, and it said, they say it takes, you know, for 21 days to create a new habit. And so do a habit uh, a month. And, you know, the other thing too, is that it takes two weeks for you to start to see some changes What well, this, is what they say. And it takes what, four weeks for, you know, the numbers and whatnot to start to change. And then it takes what about six to eight weeks where other people start noticing, you know, that you've, you've made that change. And so it just, it's a key word, other people, most
0: other people, people worried about what other people when they start noticing, then that it takes. So here's the thing. It takes six to eight weeks for someone to notice you. Yeah. Then you may get that strike of motivation. Right. I make it that six to eight weeks.
1: You do. You so do.
0: What's, we got
1: to figure out the medicine. To- what's the key there. And so, and I do think it's really, if you can help, and that's what I try to do. I try to help people realize first that it's happening and try to see, you know, the whole, you know, the whole view above the bird's eye view of what's going on. And then I just tell them, look, you know, I'm help you with this. We're going to take it a little bit of a time because people can get overwhelmed so easy with all the information and how many things have got to change and what's right what's wrong he says this she says that so i just try to tell people you know just the birds eye view slow down we're going to do it a little bit at a time and you know there's help and we're going to make you feel a little bit better getting going so that you have the energy to get up and face it and and you know plan it it's not just something that you just wake up and do it's like anything else how do you you know plan to go on a vacation you start saving you start you know making changes you don't go out to eat so much so you have a little bit of extra money. It's the you plan ahead and you start making those little changes that help to build up your bank account again or whatever. It's the same thing with losing weight and changing your mindset.
0: I have, a, um, I, I completely agree. And I have a semi-personal question only because I want these people to hear and listen. I feel like you're pretty open. So yeah. you, you vaguely mentioned um, to me before and earlier in the episode that um, you had went through a divorce. Does that take a toll on your mental stability of this <laughs> process? And can we elaborate on that a little bit? Because I feel like a lot of people in life, whether male or female, may be going right. through this thing.
1: Right, absolutely. And um,
0: that may either speed up or slow down
1: the pace. Exactly. So I really lost. I started my process right before I divorced and then got divorced through it and wound up continuing and going okay. through. It. So when I mentioned that, you know, I was overeating and and all of that, that was part of my stress was a very dysfunctional marriage. Okay. And then uh, after that, I was better about seeing what I needed to do to take care of me. But I also decided that I was going to use the exercise and the losing weight and looking better to be my stress relief rather than going straight to the food and sodas or, you know, the bed or alcohol or anything else, you know. So I just decided that that was going to be my drug, basically and it really did you know that builds up your hormones it builds up your your brain chemistry it does want it decreases inflammation you think clearer you act better you know you look better and you feel like getting out and and meeting people again or whatnot you know there's so many things that are involved in that so I really used it as my you know stress relief and and my uh my mission to improve me and, and better things so I think it was a, it, it, it you know, you, you got to look at any situation and obstacle and, you know, everybody goes through stress and hard times. Everybody does. I am no different than anybody. And what you, what it's what you do with it though. It's how you respond to it and anybody can use their poor childhood or, you know, they don't have money or, you know, anybody can use those things to, you know, as, as, a, as an excuse to say, well, I just can't do that. But yeah. really, anybody can do it. It's a mindset. Yeah. And you have to use your mind and brain the right way and heart the right way to do good for yourself. I
0: completely agree. Um, I come from a very poor childhood and um, no opportunity other. I mean, no one, a fir- first person both sides of my family to graduate college and uh. to college online just because I thought it would further my career when I was in oil and gas. You know what I mean? It wasn't like I was at a prestigious Harvard or anything. You know, but the thing of the the fact of the matter is, I don't know where that um, I don't know where that t- termination come from. Other than I saw that this is what I was looking forward to, and I didn't feel like that's what I wanted. Right. But to go back to what you were saying, you just have to be honest with yourself, and yeah. most people refuse to be honest with themselves. Absolutely, they yeah. lie to themselves to make them themselves feel better, and it's something that we're dealing with on a worldwide scale. Yeah, that we need to resolve.
1: Right. You know, Accountability. So, and it's not accountability, somebody, you know, that you're keeping track of somebody else and what they're doing no, or what not, and yourself. a part of whatnot. It is a self accountability. And when you go to bed at night, can you look back at your day and say, I did my best not to hurt anybody else and not to hurt myself? And just, you know, if you can just go to bed at night knowing that you are just trying at least to do the right thing for yourself and everybody around you, that ought to be enough. That ought to be your piece to go on. And we do yeah. all go through hard times. Everyone, of course. of course. Now, I had a rough childhood, too. But why did I become a doctor? I don't know. I always wanted to be <laughs> Yeah. But you do. I just knew I had to do something with my yeah. life. It's what I wanted. It's my passion. So I did it. It's just we all go through hard times, but we have to be accountable inside to our our feeling of right and wrong for ourselves, not just with other people. And don't steal, don't lie, don't do all those things, but don't do that from yourself either. Don't lie to yourself. Don't, you know, you got to hold yourself accountable. Right.
0: I protect- think that's the root, that's the root, right? If you're honest with yourself, you're not going to project that on other people. Just like right, if you're that keyboard warrior you're talking shit on somebody on social media <laughs> because you honestly don't have the gumption to just literally call yourself out on your bullshit yeah. Yeah. you're calling someone else out because you just can't seem to do it you know that's exactly. it's something exactly. we're dealing with and we've you know i've discussed this numerous times on numerous episodes but at the end of the day it all comes back to like you said earlier accountability and being being honest with yourself and yeah. and look if you don't want to make a change and you want to die at 58 years old really? obese with heart yeah. disease and yeah. die, okay okay but if you want to make a change, you need to find this lady right here.
1: <laughs> you bet. Let's
0: talk about these things. So, look, I've had amazing time today. I think we can talk about a lot more things. We're gonna have yeah. to have another a part two. I definitely have right. another one soon. Um, bet. Bet. Is there any last words from you? Any you know words of advice, encouragement? Any plugs you'd like to throw out?
1: Oh well, sure. You know, I have um, recently started uh, a. You know, podcast and YouTube channel and things like that. I've got a couple of great ones on just cortisol. It's a lot shorter. Uh, I'll expand it at one point, but you know, I do a blog and all. But I'm trying to get down to these things that you and I are talking about because this is where it lies. This is where it's important. People need to hear how I did or how to do it. So I just send people to my website at drpbetterlife.com. So it's Doctor Pinkston at drpbetterlife.com. Everything in the world you need to either get in touch with me or read about or whatever is there. So I make it you know really easy, but I think if I leave anybody you know with a uh, with a thought is don't limit yourself. If if you think about if you are you know if you want to die of a heart attack at at fifty eight and whatnot you know the five look at the the path of destruction that you leave and that not only does it cost society a lot but look at the people who do or that are around you that do really love you and I know there's at least one person that loves you know everybody in this world and you know we do have to make sure that we leave you know leave a legacy you will touch somebody every day in your life if you do make some of those little changes and take those accountabilities and go to bed at night knowing you've done the right thing you're touching somebody else's life and and that's what we i think if we get back to a state of of uh, you know compassion for each other and uh and all i think we would all feel a lot better and do a lot better maybe you lose some weight over who knows but okay. it's at the end of the day, we all got to we just get along, but you do, it's, it's about self-compassion, and, and so, uh, I, I really think, uh, I would put everybody up to the call to do that for themselves.
0: Well, look, uh, I couldn't agree more. I'm super excited. <clears throat> I can't wait for this to go out.
1: Thank, Thank you
0: so much, Dr. Pinkston. Absolutely. Everyone, please subscribe to the podcast.